<laughs> I waved and then immediately realized that, that it had no effect. Uh, hi, guys. This is a podcast. This is a scary podcast. Mm. And this is a podcast called Scary Stories from Camp Roanoke. And it is hosted by me, Katie Wiggins. And Morgan Driscoll, me. There you have it. Mm. So to, I, I have the Jetsons um, theme song stuck in my head and I can't stop <laughs> thinking of all the words that I'm going to say in that format. Beep, 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 boop, 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 boop. His boy, Elroy. Beep, 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 boop, 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 boop. Spooky stories. Told to you for free in a podcast format. So, <laughs> so I want to um, take this opportunity to say to shout out one of our other our new uh our new junior counselors <clears throat> so that was the fakest cough i've ever done <laughs> <clears throat> it didn't even get in my throat <clears> throat> there, there it is <laughs> <laughs> you see i'm an actor and i couldn't pull it off um so i want to shout out carrie she's our newest junior counselor the way Hi, we carrie. found carrie is actually really fun Morgan and I were teaching a gardening class here at camp, and while we were tending to our tropical ferns and sniffing, snipping, not sniffing, not anymore, not after the lawsuit, <laughs> snipping off dead leaves, one of the ferns said that it would kill my mom if I kept snipping at it, and that's when we realized that we had disturbed our very own plant spirit, and she's very taciturn, but she's also an incredible macrame artist and teacher. So we made her a junior counselor, and she hangs around. And that is Carrie, and we are so happy to have you, Carrie. Even Yay, if Carrie. you are a taciturn plant spirit, <laughs> we keep you for the macrame. My mom, but the <laughs> the, the other the campers love her. Mm-hmm. So that's what we do. Love so it. we appreciate you, Carrie. If you want to be as cool as Carrie, I fucking doubt it. Dare you try? But she's a patron. And the way that you can become a patron is go to Patreon and uh, support us and help us out. And when you mm-hmm. do that, mm-hmm. at $5, you get to be a junior counselor, counselor, and you get to get a cool story like that. And at $10 a month, you get to be a full counselor. And you get free art print sent right to you by yours truly. You see, I am an artist. You see, I am multi-talented. I am a renaissance woman. Mm-hmm. And uh, And yeah, that's what you can do to help us out. So we will be doing this as long as we have new patrons, and I'm very excited about it. Yeah. So, do we usually do anything else when we start? Do we check in? Is anything going on? I feel like we usually talk about the weather a little bit. It's warm. (laughs) It's summer. It's summer. I'm not happy with it. Yeah. I'm ready for Halloween. Right. Yeah. I was thinking about it earlier today. Yeah. I'm ready for fall. Mm Mm-hmm. The... I've been gearing up and training for my new ghost tour guide mm. job, which is extremely research heavy and it's very intense and I'm learning some very dark stuff. Um, but I'm, I'm thrilled about it and I'm excited to, to be able to, to take people around, especially in, in October. That's going to be thrilling. <gasps> I'm excited for you. Do you have mm, your wardrobe mm, prepared? Mm. Um, no. So I need to, so right now I'm unemployed. Uh, so I can't be spending money, but I really want to. Right. Mm-hmm. And this is the, this is the essential struggle of my life. So I'm, a, so I want to do that. Here's the thing though. Can't stop ordering books. Uh, oh, yeah. ordered a book on illustration styles 
not yesterday, and um, and another book I think on something else unrelated. Oh, Doctor Sleep, Stephen King's Doctor Sleep, which is going to be adapted into, which it has is. been adapted into movies yet to be released. Um, He's got a lot of shit happening, but I'm definitely Stephen King always has a lot of shit happening, and thank God for once it brings him closer to you and McGregor. Ugh. <laughs> Finally, it's about Scott fucking time. You can only do so many shows and books and movies until you and brought his way in. Until Thank God. you bump your <sighs> way against a little old mainer named Esteban King. Um, what's King in Spanish? <gasps> Starts with an. Somebody's yelling it right R- now. Someone's like, "God damn it!" Okay, no, Reina, Reina is like queen, right? And princesa is princess. Was it Rayo? I'm gonna guess. Rayo. I've been called these things. Uh, Ray. <gasps> oh, El Ray. Ray! Oh my God, El Ray! Of course. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> Beloved Cuban chain <laughs> in our local Houston. Um, so mm. Esteban El Ray, Stephen King. <laughs> Esteban El Ray. <laughs> Um. Anyway, we're thrilled about that, so I ordered that book. But the thing is, I want to go thrift shopping and get a bunch of like fun goth clothes, so that I yeah. can be like, I'm your local spooky fun lady, and you get to imagine all the fun hijinks <laughs> I get up to in my young spunky life in Brooklyn. Um, but I, I can't spend any money right now, so <laughs> right now I'm just having to like bastardize my old clothes and to try into and like wear a I lot of that. eyeliner and see if yeah. that gets me halfway there. <laughs> But once the paychecks start rolling in, it's going to be oh. really... Um, Spook City. Yeah. That was New York's original name. Spook City. <laughs> I love it. I'm doing I'm knee-deep in research, guys. If you want to know she something, ask me. All right. Uh, we've Spook been working. Me. We've been working a lot on like transitions in the mm. in the training, and I was I was going to say something like a weak transition, and I was thinking like, oh, my boss wouldn't approve of that transition. I need to think of a better transition. <laughs> but it's fine because this is my podcast, and I don't have a boss. All right, so mm-hmm. today that we're going to Patreon costs a lot extra. <laughs> So today, yeah, to be my boss, you have to give, you have to pay me a salary on Patreon, yeah. and that will be an option. But you will I have full creative benefits. control of this podcast. I better and I have would dental. Like dental, <laughs> <laughs> just dental. I'm not fussed about the rest. Mm. So, so today we're going to talk about the mythical creatures of Harry Potter. Ooh, but like their origins. <gasps> cool. This, it's different. It's interesting. I got a book of mythical creatures and noticed that a ton of them were in Harry Potter. And I was like, I think that for some layman <laughs> uh, <laughs> who didn't have the book fact fiction and folklore of Harry Potter given to them in 2004, like I did, uh, they may not realize that a, that almost every animal that J.K. Rowling references is exists in mythology and really? folklore. Yeah, totally. She borrows extensively from mythology and i'm here to sort of pick apart like the ones that are kind of the most fun or the most unexpected or or just the ones that i find the most interesting because obviously i would love to talk to you to high heaven about red caps and hinky punks but um that's our other podcast that's that's our other podcast red caps and hinky punks (laughs) (laughs) that'd be a great band with red caps and hinky punks we're hinky punks. 
That's right, you heard right. The Hinky Punks. The original rockers. Um, <laughs> sing about love. I made it David Bowie at the end. It's okay. So, mythical creatures of Harry Potter. <laughs> so, I'm going to start. So, there are so many throughout the whole mm-hmm. series that there's no way that I could fit even a third of them into one reasonably length podcast. So, that's right. This will be eight hours long. Yep. Buckle up. <laughs> no, I'm only going to do my favorites from the first three books. Love it. Which is going to be a lot, so great. And if you're not even a fan of Harry Potter, pause this right now and Why? read all of them. <laughs> and then <laughs> come back and email us what house you think you would be in. Mm-hmm. And then and then listen to the rest. Anyway, Mythical Creatures of Harry Potter. Okay, we're right. starting with the first book. What do you think? What do you think the first animal I'm gonna I'm gonna choose is? It's gonna be totally out of left field. There's gonna be no oh, way you're gonna know. guess. No I don't way. Know. You're gonna I don't know much about guess. the creatures. Well, guess what? The first creature that we encounter. So take yourself back. Harry Potter has just found out that he is a wizard. He leaves Privet Drive. And he makes it onto the platform nine and three quarters. He rides on this train all the way to Scotland, where Hogwarts is. And he takes another form of transportation after that, which I think probably many people forget. But then he gets on a little boat and he goes Mm -hmm. across the Black Lake to Harry Potter, where all the first years take this journey together with Hagrid. So the first mythical creature that they theoretically bounce up against but that is not necessarily mentioned mm-hmm. is the giant squid that lives in the black lake mm. so jk rowling was certainly not the pers- first certainly not a purse this is true <laughs> she was certainly not the first person to talk about giant squids like where have you heard about giant squids before Real life, probably. (laughs) (laughs) You've encountered giant squids in real life? I feel like there are giant squids in real life. The ocean's scary. I don't know. Can you think of any, like, movies or media where there's giant squids? Probably in a Jaws. No, that's a shark. Yeah, but they throw in other shit. They run out of stuff. Really? Yeah, I don't know. (laughs) I don't think you do know. <laughs> I don't know a movie with a giant squid. So there's 20,000 Leagues Under the Sea. There's uh, Pirates of the Caribbean, I think, has like oh, a kraken. Yeah, um, the kraken. The yeah, kraken. stuff like that. So tales of many armed sea monsters large mm. enough to sink ships have been told by mariners since ancient times. Uh, Scylla or Scylla, the the monster that threatened the ships of Odysseus in Greek mythology and the kraken of Scandinavian lore Ooh. that was said to be the size of a floating island are likely early references to what would later become the myth of the giant squid. Um, except it doesn't turn out to actually be a myth. You are right. 
Okay, so I got this from the book The Mythical Creatures Bible by Brenda Rosen. Okay. Okay. So in the mid-19th century, so that's the Mm mid-1800s, the United States is at war. Uh, Evidence mounted for its actual existence. The French gunboat Alecton successfully captured part of a squid in 1861. Probably just like a wicked long tentacle, which is so crazy. Imagining like what the creature that that would be connected to. That is so exciting. Squids are so scary. Truly. My boyfriend Ian is deeply unsettled by sea creatures and things with tentacles. um, Oh. Especially. So over the next decades, other specimens washed ashore, mainly in Newfoundland. However, it wasn't until 2004 that a Japanese team successfully recorded images of a giant squid in its natural habitat. Now, recent proof of other such legendary creatures, such as the Megamouth Shark in 1976. I, <laughs> I know nothing the, about the shark based off of the name. <laughs> the Megamouth Shark. I wonder what his deal huh. is. You know what? I'm going to look up a picture of a Megamouth. I haven't seen it. I'm actually like preparing to be upset a little bit. Yeah. Oh! Oh! Okay. <laughs> okay. I'm looking it up too. We might have to share this on the mess hall if you, oh, if you all are not on the uh, scary story mess hall Facebook page. Now's the time to get on because oh, it just opens, <laughs> dude. It's like it's like okay, it's like those parachutes that you play with as a kid in PE. It's just like all of a sudden everybody lifts it up and goes, and that's just like what I expect the mouth to do, which is whoosh. Dude. It's, it's, he's like a giant catfish. Yeah, it does. It looks like a gigantic catfish. But then that mouth. Oh my god, it's horrifying. It's like a tunnel. Okay, so. <laughs> so, people used to, I guess, not like believe in the mega mouth shark until they actually find the body of one. In 1976, and it gives cryptozoologists hope that many mythical creatures will someday be discovered. Now, the giant squid, I think the real giant squid, it's only like, I mean, it can be, it feels like it can be probably up to like 30 feet long or something, but it's mostly because of how super, super long the tentacles are. Like the main body of it, it doesn't, I, if I remember the pictures, it doesn't feel like it's longer than like a, a man standing. So like, it's not big enough to like take down oh, a yeah, ship. That, like head part? Yes. The, Ugh. the, the like triangle. Yeah. The like rubbery triangle that houses the beak. Oh, I hate that they have beaks. Continue. <laughs> Ugh, I forgot about that. <laughs> Octopuses are so much more palatable. They're still terrifying. Really? The squids just have beaks, man. Octopus, and their heads are octopi pointy. have beaks, but they're more. Their heads key, like, I feel like their heads like fill up and then like. Explode. But I'm fine with that. <laughs> I'm fine with that. <laughs> That's the way God intended. No God made a squid, at least not my God. Arrowhead. It does kind of look like an arrowhead. Yeah. Uh-huh. Okay, so this also bears similarity to Loch Ness. 
Which is mm. interesting because Hogwarts is in Scotland, so that the Black Ooh. Lake is like a loch. So the loch Nessie is what they call it. And then also the black the squid in the Black Lake are both supposed to be like friendly and mm. uh not like super intense like threats. People think that like Loch Ness is or the that Nessie is like the ghost of a dinosaur. Oh. That's like the spirit of a sea monster. Um, okay. But the Harry Potter giant squid is most certainly like a physical a squid. squid. That's did just they really show the squid on the movie? At no. All? They only reference it in the books, I believe. Hmm. Like so it. now we're going to move on to the next to the next uh, creature that they this time they definitely like directly encounter this creature. So we're going to talk about Fluffy, the three headed dog that they <gasps> encounter whenever Yay. they open the door to escape Filch. And then they turn around and realize that what's on the other side is much more perilous. Mm. They discover a gigantic three headed dog. So this dog is owned by Hagrid and it is his offering as a barrier between whoever is trying to get to the sorcerer's stone. So mm-hmm. this three-headed dog is likely or almost certainly based on Cerberus, the mythic ancestor of black dogs of European folklore. Remember that. Cerberus is the monstrous hellhound that guards the gates of the mm-hmm. underworld in Greek mythology. Cerberus makes sure that no living person can enter the underworld, and likewise, that no dead person can leave. Mm-hmm. Um, as described in the works of Homer and... Oh, I should have looked up how these are pronounced. I'm not a Greek um, scholar. Mm-hmm. It will shock many of you to know. <laughs> and Hesiod? Hesiod? Hesiod. In the 8th century BCE, so it was described in the works of these two men, um, Cerberus is supposed to be immensely huge and fierce, and Hesiod says the beast has 50 heads and is the offspring of Echidna, or Echidna, the mother of all monsters, and Typhon, the final son of Gaia. I love love in mythology. Whenever two, like, humanoid things like Mm -hmm. gods mate and then they just have like a straight up animal child yeah (laughs) (laughs) it's wild man yeah i love that Um, i know like nothing about mythology oh well this will be really fun for you or not (laughs) no i like it anytime i hear it i'm like since when (laughs) this is completely new to me (laughs) echidna mother of monsters you say and does the government know about this so, this also happens because Loki, in Scandinavian lore, the god, the trickster god, mm-hmm. he has a child that's literally a, just a gigantic snake that is, oh. like, kind of a, <gasps> like, kind of, kind of a serpent, and it gets, like, banished to another world where it grows so huge that it swallows its own tail, and that's, like, oh. a whole other thing. That's Scandinavian Mm -hmm. folklore. Anyway, so uh, Hesiod says it's got 50 heads, 
And then later writers and most ancient Greek art depict Cerberus with only three heads, but they do throw in the tail of a serpent and a mane with the heads of various snakes. <laughs> they really okay. loved, like, <laughs> like, all right, putting the pieces like, together. Slow to get there. I'll get there. Okay. Horrified. Good. Got there. <laughs> <laughs> so, obviously... Cerberus has been, like, uh, simplified Mm -hmm. since then. However, Cerberus is, it is, he is, he is very dark and intense and terrifying, but he Mm. is overcome several times in Greek myth. Mm. Orpheus lulls Cerberus to sleep with sweet music. Which is the same mm. thing that is able to make Fluffy go to sleep. You just play him a bit of music and he falls right to sleep. Shouldn't have told you that. I shouldn't have told you that. Yeah. <laughs> I love um, Harry Potter. Yeah, same. So another way that they've put him down uh, is Psyche drugs the three-headed dog with honey cakes, which is another thing that happens on Harry Potter when they're trying to – when they – when Crab and Goyle, they need to get their hair to make the Polyjuice Potion, they drug them mm-hmm. with, like, floating cakes. So that's interesting. And then yeah. Hermes gives it a drink of water from Lethe, or Leith, the, the river of forgetfulness. So I guess Cerberus just forgot he was angry. <laughs> <laughs> um, Effective. Yeah. So if we think about this in the context of Harry Potter... Would that mm-hmm. mean that a Cerberus is just, like, a breed of dog? And that there are, like, multiple... There's got to be, like, multiple, like, three-headed dogs just out there. And mm. if that three-headed dog mated with another three-headed dog, they would have little three-headed doggy babies. So, like, that's just, like, a that's breed. Like a thing. Yeah. It's not like <gasps> there's just one Cerberus. It's like Cerberus is just the name of one three-headed dog, which is just roaming around the fucking magical world. Okay, J.K. Rowling needs to come out with just all of the dog breeds in Harry Potter. (laughs) The magical dog breeds. (laughs) Oh my god, I would be so into that. (laughs) All right. So, now let's move on to... So, the Harry Potter gang has gotten into a, a a, a bunch of mischief and nonsense. And they've gotten detention... Uh, and so they've got to serve out their detention in the Forbidden Forest. And do you remember what they encounter in the Forbidden Forest when they go out? When he's like, fine, but <sighs> I get cent- fang. And he's like, like a centaur guy? Yes, there is a centaur, but they oh, encounter something spiders. else. Do you no, remember- dementors. <laughs> <laughs> no, <laughs> you're flailing, bitch. Owls. all over the place. <laughs> Owls? Um, uh... The reason that they're going in the forest is because Hagrid has found a lot of unicorn blood all over the place. And he knows that there's been a unicorn injured or probably dead and they need to find it. Voldemort's out there sucking blood, right? So they're they're going through the forest in search of a unicorn. So, the blood of (laughs) unicorns is magical in the Harry Potter universe. It can keep you alive even if you are an inch from death. Mm. But the slaughtering of such an innocent and beautiful creature curses you. 
with a half-life. Yes. It is said that they can... So, that's not really... I couldn't really back that up with folklore very much. That seems to be kind of original to JK. However... Uh, there is, like, a definite, like, intense purity associated with unicorns. It's said that they're only, that they can only be captured by a maiden, like, a young woman. And it's been associated with, like, the Virgin Mary. So as soon, like, a young woman that's never had sex before. So people, like, Christianize it and make that, like, the Virgin oh. Mary has a relationship with unicorns. Uh, and as soon as the unicorn sees a virgin... <laughs> You're about to be outed by a unicorn. Mm-hmm. Um, it, <laughs> gotcha. Can you imagine like sitting in a picnic and a unicorn just like starts laying its head in your lap and you're like, no, 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 I've no, done no. all, I've done all kinds oh, of sex. So much sex. All no. kinds of sex. You're mistaken, horse. <laughs> so it finds a virgin, lays its head on her lap and falls asleep. Uh, that's what happens when a unicorn sees a virgin. Pretty inconvenient hmm. if you've got places yeah. to be. Uh, and that image has been co-opted to represent, like, Christ's incarnation. So it's been used in a lot of, like, medieval art. So there's, like, unicorns all over the place in medieval art, which people... Huh. Yeah, so it's all over the place. And also, Scotland's is represented by the animal, the unicorn, Ooh. which is where Hogwarts is supposed to be located. So it might make sense that Scotland itself has like a particular relationship with unicorns. That does make sense. And maybe there would be more unicorns in Scotland than elsewhere. However, unicorns do appear in Japanese and Chinese folklore and mythic, except for they look crazy awesome. They are way more colorful and... uh, Really? Yeah, crazy stuff. So the unicorns, ideas of the unicorn and like a horned horsey are uh, all over the world but another like horse based animal as you mentioned before are centaurs the centaurs we meet are forense and bane in the forbidden forest so the centaurs in the harry potter universe are like intelligent they're intimidating Mm -hmm. they're really proud they love like astrology like they're like a forensic kept keeps saying whenever hagrid asks him if he's seen anything unusual in the forest he just keeps saying mars is bright tonight uh you know they're very into astrology Mm -hmm. they're very psychic forensic eventually will end up teaching um uh a very woolly subject oh what's it called divination he ends up teaching divination in the fifth book. So, like, they're very psychic. So, and fit. Very fit. It's hard to, you don't see a lot of, <laughs> well, this is actually a perfect transition. You don't see a lot of uh, out of shape centaurs, unless, of course, you're talking about Chiron in the Disney production of Hercules. So, they are correct in Hercules at that most, and that it's, it's a Greek thing. Centaurs are a Greek of Greek origin. Mm-hmm. And most Greek writers considered centaurs to be uncivilized, lusty, quick really? to fight, and easily Ugh. intoxicated. They were basically like men who gave over to their more animalistic side. Oh. They were like more animal than man. Um, 
And Chiron was supposed to be the noblest centaur, revered for his knowledge and skill in medicine in particular. Mm-hmm. And he tutored many Greek heroes and he taught his young apprentices in the art of surgery and the use of drugs and incantations and potions. Mm-hmm. And like the centaurs in Harry Potter, their skill, they like, it is consistent to believe that they are like skilled in healing, astrology, mm-hmm. and archery, and also definitely have a barbaric side. Like they're definitely pretty violent in Harry Potter, as they are in mythology. And fun fact: female centaurs definitely exist. <gasps> what? <laughs> That's a hell of a statement to make. Female centaurs definitely exist. exist. They are real. Are they sure? Okay. Gotta be. Gotta be. Wouldn't be fair if they weren't. It wouldn't be fair. Can't imagine it. A female centaur, you can't? Yeah, don't know why. Are they like... Think, about, think of the top of a woman so, and the bottom so of a horse. Buff. They're just like really hardy, buff, and then they've got like the horse, which is like a buff animal. Right. A so lady think of like, like a curvy... Okay, so think about... <clears throat> think about like a like a very... Like beautiful slender horse, <laughs> like Pegasus. Yeah, Pegasus is already like pretty femme. Yeah, like, that's already like a pretty femme curvy. Yeah, okay, I'm, like. I'm seeing it. And then just imagine like a sweet lady bod <gasps> with on some top like share, like really really long hair. Sure, long with yeah. Okay, I'm there. You sold me. Done. They're real. <laughs> So those are definitely real. Definitely real. We Perfect. don't have to worry about don't cryptozoologists worry about here. This is science. Yeah. Okay. So we're going to move on to the Chamber of Secrets. Yeah, we are. Oh, my God. So here's something that comes up a lot in the Chamber of Secrets, which is follow the spiders. All through the Chamber mm-hmm. of Secrets, the story, not the mm-hmm. locale. There are teensy tiny little spiders that follow follow each other, follow the leader out of the castle and all over the place. So it's like we later find out that these spiders are all the babies of Aragog. Or at least like profound fans. So So I wanted to find out if Aragog had any lore. If there, yeah, if there, if like this, the lore of like a huge mm. spider existed anywhere, and it turns out it totally does. Ooh. So it exists in Japan. It's called Suchigomo. Suchigomo. Adorable. I don't know how to pronounce Japanese. Suchigomo. Suchigomo. No. Uh, Suchigomo. Su- no. In, <laughs> J- in Japanese mythology is a fearsome shape-shifting demon. However, mm. its main form is that of a gigantic hairy spider. Oh. And it <laughs> Oh, gross. <laughs> Konnichiwa, Tsuchigomo. <laughs> it's just a gigantic hairy spider. <laughs> Village is destroyed. Um, It is an expert at spinning illusions that draw people into its web so that it can feast on their blood. 
Cool. So Kinda we like know Stephen King's It has the the spider like Pennywise the clown is kind of a isn't it like a spider spider <gasps> demony thing? Yeah. Oh my god! And yeah. it's an expert at spinning illusions that draw yeah. people into its web so that yeah. it can feast on their blood. <gasps> Woo! Did Stephen King know about Suchigumo? Is Stephen King Suchigumo? <gasps> Esteban el Rey. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god that i'm like he's weaved legitimately very excited about this realization because yeah. that's exactly what it pennywise does is yeah. like yeah. make fake is bring people into their worst fears that are actually illusions that draw people into his like literal web doesn't he like wrap people up in like cocoons they're like in the movie, they were kind because I have, it's been a long time since I've read the book. In the movie, they were kind of floating, but it mm-hmm. was, they were stagnant in that spot, so it was kind of cocoon-like. Anyway, there's some like very heavy like Suchigumo wow. vibes. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so now we're gonna want to move on. Gonna want to move on to the. The prima donna of the Chamber of Secrets, mm. the beast that lies in mm. the chamber. Uh, spiders flee before it. It is Ron. the one, the only Ron. <laughs> it is the basilisk. <sighs> okay, so where does this thing come from? Did J.K. Rowling invent it? Did it just come out of the memory of the... the no. Here's, no. No. <laughs> no. I'll stop Did, you there. No. no. Did you? No. No, it didn't. So it is a legendary creature of European and Middle Eastern folklore. It's been around a long time. In the earliest descriptions of it, the basilisk was just a small venomous snake with a crown-shaped crest. And because of this crest, the creature was called the king of the reptiles. Tiles or El Rey de la Reptiles. <laughs> so, Rey! No, I just said that. Oh. <laughs> El Rey de la Reptiles. No, I, I don't know Spanish. So the basilisk comes from the Greek. Okay. All of these creatures come from the Greek. I don't know what was going on in Greece. But everybody had like a really vivid imagination. I'm very proud of them. Well done. Basilisk comes from the Greek... Oh, wait. It just comes from the Greek word. Oh. (laughs) (laughs) Never mind, Greece. You're not creative anymore. Yanked back. (laughs) Yeah, you've got a whole legacy of mythology and folklore. Not to me. Uh, So the basilisk comes from the Greek word that means little king. So it's like a baby name idea. Cute. This is Basilisk Roberts. Um, <laughs> Baby Basilisk, welcome to the world. You can call him Basil. 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 <laughs> Basil or Lisk or Silisk or Elisk. <laughs> Rolls off the tongue. Come, Elisk. Okay. So not only was the bite of the Basilisk poisonous, like a snake. But it could also kill any living thing that it touched, breathed on, or even glanced at. There are stories where somebody used a lance, which is like a long stick with a pointy end, a spear, 
and mm. then just like Paka! Like stabbed it, but then the poison of the basilisk traveled up the lance into <gasps> the arm and then killed the person who used it. Oh my god. So it's like you like to fight this thing. I don't really know what you Magic. do. <laughs> yeah. Uh so if you were to encounter a basilisk, know that you're out of your league. Yeah, unless you are a gifted magician. <laughs> what about a gun? That's a really, <laughs> that's really, a really good way idea to go. so far. I really like that. That works. Wow. <laughs> so, so the thing is, but you can't look at it. Um. Anyway, mm-hmm. so it could touch anything. It it touched. It could kill anything. It touched, breathed on, or glanced at. So you'd have to be shooting at oh, it, shit. covering your eyes. <laughs> but if it just glances at you. So the creature was so deadly that trees and grasses in its vicinity were burned up. Oh my god. Apparently resulting in the deserts of the Middle East where it lived. Huh. I like that. So that explains that, if you were wondering. (laughs) So in bestiaries of the 11th and 12th centuries, the creature had grown much larger. So at this point, it started out as just like a little baby. You're my little baby king snake. You can kill me, but you're still a little baby. And then by the 11th and 10th centuries, suddenly when it's being written about, it's being written about as being huge. And its killing powers had evolved to include fiery breath and the ability to kill with the sound of its voice. <gasps> oh. <laughs> I don't like that. <laughs> so here's my issue with the basilisk. It seems like totally unstoppable. Yeah. It can kill you just by looking at you, by talking, by touching, by breathing on, or like, why did Give we want to make the kraken this... some of your powers, damn. The kraken can just, um, grip at things. Yeah, that's nothing. Well, it's something if you're in a pirate ship. Very true. But if I'm on land... See ya. (laughs) Ian made a joke about that the other day. He was joking about why people are, like, deathly afraid of sharks. Because Mm -hmm. he was like, it's just in an environment that, like, you in no way have to go in. That's like being afraid of, like, he said, that's like being afraid of lava bears. Like, don't go in the lava. (laughs) You don't have to go where they are. (laughs) True. Anyway, so... Medieval travelers were advised to carry protective devices such as a crystal globe to to reflect the creature's deadly glance back at it. Or, if you're short on cash, a weasel will aid in the creature's... uh... (laughs) A weasel is the creature's natural enemy. Bet you didn't count on this, Basilisk. Raises up, Weasel. His name um, is Wednesday. He's Wednesday? Fierce. Yeah. I think a weasel named Wednesday would be cute. Totally. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> uh, so, another baby name idea. So, or also a cockerel, which I think is like a 
hen thing. Like a chicken thing. Okay. <laughs> uh, because it's crowing causes the basilisk to have a deadly fit. Yeah. So it's like a... Oh, a, just pisses them off. Ah, 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 would like make the basilisk die. And you'll remember that in Chamber of Secrets, I think Hagrid found that like all of the school's roosters had been murdered. And it's because oh. the call of the rooster would really Annoying hurt the basilisk. Him. More than annoy. It says cause to have a deathly fit. Oh, God. Well, good. I mean, at least there's that. Good. So if you've got access to a weasel or a cock, you're in good hands, I say. Good show. Oh, gross. Those both dirt just sound like male genitalia. Yeah. You're a weasel and a cock. <laughs> <laughs> the death to that great snake. That's definitely a pub. The weasel and the cock. The weasel and the cock or the basilisk and the... No, that's it. Okay, so let's move on to... Um, do you remember any other animals that come into play in the Chamber of Secrets? There's one very gigantic snake, and then mm-hmm. there's another animal that pops up. In the chamber? Uh-huh. In the chamber. And, it, it, and Harry Potter has been... Bitten, he had to pull out the the um, fangs from his arm, and he's like talking to Jenny, and she's like, "Howie, you're hurt," and he's like, "Get back to Ron. I'll be fine. I just wasn't quick enough." And then something appears. It is Fox Dumbledore's phoenix. Ah, ah, that's right. Yeah, the phoenix appears. So. It comes and its tears have healing powers mm-hmm. and Harry first sees Fox and it's on a burning day where Fox erupts into flame and then is reborn as an ugly little baby phoenix. So let's mm. talk about, obviously, J.K. Rowling did not invent the phoenix because uh, Ben Affleck has a tattoo of it on his back. <laughs> <laughs> obviously. So we know that the origins are much more noble and worldly if Ben yeah. Affleck... My king has it goes a all the way to the top, on his back. all the way to no, Ben Affleck. He has a huge phoenix tattoo on his back. Really? And he got it after he divorced with um, Jennifer Garner. And he denied that it was real for like a long time. He was just like, it's for a movie. It's How? for a movie. Until oh like God. people like saw him at the beach and took photos of it. Oh and then God. they asked Jennifer Garner about it. And she was like, what's that supposed to symbolize? Am I the ashes? I refuse to be the ashes. <gasps> oh. Isn't that amazing? I love that. Ugh, celebrity drama. I love that drama. he doesn't want to talk about it. He refuses to it's acknowledge it exists. It's literally a He's full so color back piece. Like, it's huge. And Jennifer Garner's like, I refuse to be the ashes. He got this after they divorced. I was like, holy shit. Oh my shit. god, I love that. I know. So let's find out about the origins of this. And maybe it'll shed some light as to what Ben Affleck was thinking when he got it. So this famous bird actually has its origins in Egypt. A lot of these have been from Greece or they've been from the Middle East or Europe. This is from Egypt. So this bird is known as Bennu. The bird was first pictured in hieroglyphic images as a long-legged gray heron with a two-feathered crest. A lot of crest talk. Crest. The Bennu wears a headdress of Osiris, the god who dies and is reborn, which is, there's a lot 
Egyptian folklore is dope, and we should definitely do an episode on it, but oh, we, we can get into that later. So, um, in the mythology of Heliopolis, the city of the sun, oh, the okay. Bennu was the soul of the sun god Ra, which is the coolest god name in the world. I'm sorry, Jesus. So... <laughs> So the Bennu is the soul of the sun god Ra. It's such a cool name. It so is. It's like just proves like less is more. Like you don't need more syllables to be a scarier god. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Okay. So um, so it's linked symbolically to the rising and setting of the sun, like the cycle of life and death that happens every day with the sun rising and setting and coming Mm -hmm. up again. Um. The yearly Nile floods, the cycle of that, and the cycle of birth, death, and resurrection. And the word Bennu probably comes from Weben, which means rise or shine. Which is funny, because my dad used to wake us up every morning and say, rise and shine. So, um, maybe that has Egyptian roots. So, that's the way that it is initially... That the phoenix is initially, like, a bird associated with life, death, and rebirth... Is talked about later. Greek historian Herodotus describes it like it's shown in Harry Potter as an eagle-like bird with red and gold plumage, as a, opposed to a long-legged gray heron. Mm-hmm. So, at the end of its life, it, in the Greek mythology, it makes a nest of incense twigs, lies down in it, and dies. And from its dead body, a small worm emerges that the heat of the sun transforms into the new phoenix. Ooh. Isn't that cool? A little bit gross, but very cool. Oh, he's just a little baby worm. Little worm. He just needs the sun. And of course, in Harry Potter, he doesn't need the sun and he doesn't turn into a worm. He just, like, catches fire. So mm. there is, like, sun stuff. You know, <gasps> heat. That's a th- the, the early sun. bird is the worm. The early bird is the worm. Wow. Wait, wow. what's that spider called? Suchigumo. Suchigama. Right again. <laughs> so, so that's basically the end of. Have you ever been to Universal Studios? What? Have you been to Harry Potter World Universal Studios? No, 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 no. Have you seen it? No. (gasps) You love it. It's magical. I don't... I like to experience Harry Potter in a personal way. I don't ever want to go where a lot of other people are also feeling my feelings. I like to think that I'm the only person that's ever read Harry Potter, despite (laughs) doing a podcast right now, depending on other people having read (laughs) Harry Potter. I absolutely love and condone that. Okay. Keep it up. (laughs) I didn't finish. (laughs) I just go on for the eight minutes of like the trailer music. And like the cast starts rolling up. Okay. So that's basically the end of another year at Hogwarts. But let's begin again and head straight into the prisoner of Azkaban. So the first mysterious animal that Harry encounters is... A big black dog. If you okay. once we read this book, wait, what? Is it Fang? No. 
What is Hagrid's already... dog's name? Fang. Okay. Yeah, it's a bl- it's a So this isn't Fang. No, no, no. This is we once you read it, you later find out that it's Sirius Black as an animagus. Ah. Right. So, but he sees this dog whenever he's accidentally blown up his aunt and mm. he is taking the night bus and he just sees this gigantic black dog. And then he goes to the library, or he goes to uh, Flourish and Blots on Diagon Alley, and he sees a book that's said like that's called like Death Omens, and then he sees that there's a black dog on the cover, and then he finds out that like seeing a black dog is a death omen, and then he mm-hmm. has a di- his first divination class with, and she's like, I see the Grim in his cup in his tea leaves, and the Grim is basically this black dog death omen, so. I thought that that would just came out of the imagination of J.K. Rowling. Turns out, not true. Hmm. Many similarities exist between the superstitions of the Grimm as an omen of death to the students at Hogwarts and real-life superstitious Brits. So phantom black dogs are part of the folklore of almost every hmm. county in England. So these black dogs are supposed to be as large as like a calf with red eyes as big as saucers and a sh- really shaggy coat. And they're supposed to, oh, it sounds like your dog. <laughs> but like on a much larger scale than my dog. Yeah. They might be wolfhounds. Maybe. So they haunt ancient trackways, crossroads, churchyards, and gallow sites, places associated with superstition and uncanny events. Mm-hmm. So in some locales, black dogs are believed to be portents of death. One such creature, called the Barghest, haunts remote places in northern England, especially Yorkshire. And, as we said, Hogwarts is in Scotland, which is the northernest of... Well, it's not England, but it's north of England. So if there's black dogs hanging around Yorkshire, you might assume they might dip into Scotland. It was believed that those who saw the creature clearly would die soon after, while those who caught only a glimpse might live for a few months before dying as well. <laughs> so it really benefits you if you have poor eyesight. Oh. Do you think that's why it's so hard for shelters to have people adopt black dogs? I've never it's heard like of It's like a thing that it's people don't want to adopt. Well, black cats is kind of obvious because of that superstition, but they have a hard time getting rid of black dogs in shelters. I did not know that. It could yeah. be that people associate like dark things with black dogs. Yeah. My family's got a black dog. Her name is Peggy Sue Wiggins. And she is adorable and she is sweet. And she has never meant any harm to anybody. Mm-hmm. And she does not portent death because mm, I'm still certainly. alive. <laughs> okay. So now let's move on to the hippogriff. Buckbeak. So I'm going to start with the proto-hippogriff, the griffin. So griffins are legendary animals that have been known in Mesopotamia and Egypt since 3300 BCE. So a long time. Long time. And it is the combination of an eagle and a lion. So let's just take a second. (laughs) Which half? (laughs) 
So I believe a griffin has the body of a lion. That's exactly like, what I wanted you to say. Okay. A teeny tiny head of an eagle. <laughs> <laughs> and the tiniest eagle. Okay. So a griffin looks like it's got the body of a lion. Mm-hmm. And then it's got a huge, huge eagle head. Eagle head, and then it also has wings, yes, like eagle wings, like you know those. Yeah. So then, a oh. hippogriff is what happens when a griffin mates okay. with a horse. Oh, <laughs> is that allowed? <laughs> it, so it's rare because apparently horses are like the favorite thing. The favorite meal of hippogriff of griffins. Oh, so griffins love to eat horses. That's what you call playing with your food. <laughs> hey oh, you got a hippogriff on your plan. So, so on those rare occasions when griffins are about to feast on a horse. And they think, you know what? We're not so different, you and I. Four legs, heads, eyes. <laughs> Who's to say we can't make something really beautiful tonight? Yeah. And the result of that glorious union that I'm sure is like extremely confusing for the horse mm. um, is the hippogriff. Oh. Yeah. So... It's first conceived in medieval European folklore, part horse, part griffin. And like a griffin, the creature, okay, picture this, has the head and beak of an eagle, claws and talons, and wings covered in feathers. Very much eagle. So, like, the front half is just, like, a huge eagle. Mm. And then the back half is just pure horse. (laughs) Oh! How does it walk? Uh, I'm gonna look it up. Cause... So the the eagle arms are as long as the back horse legs. Oh, <laughs> it's <laughs> describing <laughs> describing this you is really fun. I don't know why, but I didn't think it would still have a tail. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! In some of the um, artist rendition. Its tail is like another wing. It's feathered. <laughs> it's just feathered. Why would that need to flap? I've in several. Oh god! Someone did like a parrot version. Oh, <laughs> I'm done looking at that. <laughs> okay, so. The hippogriff was mm-hmm. a favorite creature in medieval poems and fables. So it's been all around the medieval world, much like the unicorn. Mm. All right. Now I am going to end. Uh, so obviously the hippogriff that we meet in Harry Potter is Buckbeak, who is the the lad that you may not say just one innocent life. Um, and that's the and Sirius Black escapes on Buckbeak. Mm-hmm. But not before he has to contend with one of the most dangerous creatures. Well, I don't know. We've covered. I the mean, squid. the bas the basilisk could just look at you. And you're dead. <laughs> so 
So I guess actually no. Uh, how about one of the most psychologically distressing? And Wrong. that. <laughs> um, uh. I think you have like internalized hatred of redheads. I love Ron. I hate Ginny. <laughs> Why? What? I don't care for her. Why? All the other Weasleys I love. They're pleasant. I love what? her. I love them. I'm yeah, so curious her. about this. Why? I just don't care for her personality. I don't know. I feel like we don't. She doesn't. She's just like nervous for like the first like four books. Yeah. And then I don't care that, for that. <laughs> Morgan, it would be the height of hypocrisy if you did not <laughs> approve of someone because of their nervousness. Yes. Especially if they are a nervous little ginger girl. Why is she so nervous? Girl. Why am I so nervous? We're too similar. <laughs> I think we've got I, to the root. The, the world doesn't need or deserve that kind of matched energy. <laughs> okay. So we've uncovered something here. I also just really don't think she belongs with Ron. I mean, um, Harry. She's not belong with Harry. Okay. <sighs> I think we've gotten to the I don't want to be with Harry. Okay. Okay. I'm just saying. Okay. Okay. <laughs> okay. No time. So we're mad. Okay, you're just mad that it's not that you are not the young I, redhead. I I don't want to be the young redhead with Harry. I just don't think that they belong together. J.K. Rowling has said that she thinks that Hermione and Harry would make a better match. I prefer that. Yes, yeah. and that she said that Ron and Hermione would have to go to marriage counseling, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like <laughs> wizard marriage counseling. Which I feel like he'd probably be a not helpful husband. Can- no, I. I don't think so. I feel really? like you think he'd do chores in the house. No, I th- wait. What did you say? You think he, he would wouldn't be-, be helpful? No, yeah, I agree. I don't think oh, he'd yeah, be yeah. very helpful. I think yeah. that there would be a lot of discussions about emotional labor in that conversation, in that yes. relationship. Yeah, a lot. Yeah, because yeah. he's totally the kind of dad that's like, "You guys got this handled. Cool. Yeah. Get me when dinner's ready." And you're and like, "With Ginny, no. I just can't tell her personality. I don't know what she would be like with Harry. I don't know if they." go together if it's just like a <laughs> fling i i hermione and harry all the way i i am <sighs> i am pro hermione and harry because i i, I identify with the know-it-all spirit of hermione deeply yeah and, i love um, it love it and i just want her to succeed although victor crumb oh hello victor <laughs> <laughs> I love me some like mm. brute fucking yeah. Bulgarian yes <laughs> firepower bitches. I'm gonna say Neville. No, nowadays yes. Weak. No, he yeah. wasn't weak. He wasn't weak. He proved his he parents. Weak. He pr- no he at he the was, end he was bumbling at the beginning. But I recently yeah. saw a picture of my current boyfriend oh. in high school and. I would not have been interested. Let me just leave it at that. But, uh, you know, everybody deserves a glow up. Everybody yeah. deserves oh, a glow up. Oh, he got his glow up. And that's why you don't marry someone that you went to high school with. <laughs> okay. Oh. Super long uh, sidebar. <laughs> all to bring us back to the last creature that I'm going to be covering, which is the werewolf. Ooh. Ooh. That's the werewolf theme. Is a 1960s trio of women. Bow, bow, bow. So, <laughs> Lupin is our resident werewolf. I don't mm-hmm. know if like you guys know this, but mm-hmm. Lupin is my favorite uh, Harry Potter character. 
Ah. He's my favorite. I love Ramus Lupin. Uh, he's just the best. Uh, and and he is afflicted by this horrible monthly like disease that renders him totally unrecognizable. Not only Aren't unrecognizable, but <laughs> <laughs> that moon cycle. Am I right, ladies? No, I'm on Marina. I don't get a period, so fuck all y'all. Um, I know it's a Lovely. dream, truly a dream. <laughs> so, um, so. So the, it was supposed to be representative of him being like part of the queer community or well, it not only made him um, or being like someone with a contagious disease, like like it could be a metaphor for like HIV, oh. like it, it makes him like it. he becomes dangerous to be around because he could potentially pass it on. So he mm-hmm. represents like disenfranchised members of society that like disabled people that or um, people with illnesses that makes it hard for them to like keep jobs like Lupin has had a really hard time keeping a job like he's really shabby he's very poor because no one will hire him because they just don't want to work with a werewolf because they are they have like they think they're super violent and terrifying and stereotypes indeed okay so Ovid tells the story of the first werewolf we get it from of course greek mythology the greeks they really all right you guys you knocked it out of the park you got it well done so hearing apparently hearing that humankind had become evil zeus comes down to the world as a man and when he visits the palace of lycoen or lysoen the king of arcadia Mm -hmm. his host serves him a dish of human flesh Disgusted, Zeus strikes Lycoen. Lycoen? Lycoen? I don't know. I've never studied Greek. Um, a glaring flaw in my education. With So he strikes this guy with a bolt of lightning. Mm-hmm. And he turns him into a bloodthirsty wolf with shaggy hair, red eyes, and a fierce human face. Which is very upsetting to imagine. Oh. So... That's the first time a werewolf is... Uh, that's the first time, like, a man-wolf transformation is, like, documented. And it was as a punishment. Oh. But it later needs... Like, the other elements of the story sort of have to build up for it to become the werewolf that we know and love today in mm-hmm. the Alvin and the Chipmunks and the werewolf story. Which is where <laughs> the myth has come to fully land. Yes. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> So in medieval werewolf in medieval Europe, the myth of the werewolf as we know it today is like fully formed. The English writer Gervais of Tilbury linked that was the first one to link the transformation into a werewolf with the full moon. Oh. So um so that's the first time we get that association. I think there it's also significant to say that like women are also deeply associated with moon cycles mm-hmm. and with like mm-hmm. emotional changes with the moon. So there's got to be something happening there as well. Oh yeah. And in Russian lore, a child born on December 24th would become a werewolf. And huh. guess what? My fucking sister was born on December 24th. So there you go. Where has she been every full moon of my life? So mm-hmm. in Portugal, the seventh son of a family was often named Bento, which means blessed to prevent them from becoming a werewolf later in life. Huh. Like a preventative name. 
I like that. It's interesting. It's a good name, Bento. Then in Armenia, a sinful woman was said to spend seven years as a child devouring she-wolf. So this is the first time that we get like a she-wolf, which is fun. And also Rome, going off book here, guys, Rome (laughs) is, uh, Rome's symbol is like the she-wolf and and also the the uh the the twins Romulus and Ramus <gasps> Ramus Lupin Ramus Lupin the wolf hello hello, hello. oh i hello. love i love i love this i love remembering love connections or discovering connections that i didn't realize before Ramus and Romulus were the twin founders of Rome and they were both fucking wolves wolves um so cool love, love it, it. <laughs> Love it. <laughs> oh my god! Hey. We said it at the exact same we time. We both love That's it. how I'll sync our audio. I'll know that we both said love it at the same time. <laughs> okay, so um, ma, ma, ma. so those are like all over the world where that comes from. And then mm-hmm. in 12th century France, a narrative poem written by Marie de France tells the story of B. Bi- okay, Bisclavre. Bisclavre. It's very hard to remember that L. Bisclavre. An unfortunate baron de Bretagne, an unfortunate baron of Brittany, who for three days of every single fucking week was transformed into a wolf. Ugh, rough. So when Bisclavre's faithless wife, well, I mean, how exactly are you going to be faithful to your oh. husband if he's going to be a wolf three days out of the week? Yeah. Come on. A woman has what do needs. You think? And frankly, you as a wolf are not satisfying them. So mm-hmm. her faith, his faithless wife learned that her husband needed his human clothes to return to his human, human form, that that's all he needed. But she was like, okay, so... She urges her lover to steal the Baron's clothes, thus trapping Bisclavre <gasps> in hue and wolf form. Ooh, she no. was stone cold, but the noble Bisclavre wins the trust of the king, El Rey. <laughs> <gasps> also known as the King of the Serpents, the Little mm-hmm. King. <clears throat> and he looked at everyone and they all died. No. Yeah, I did. Uh, but the noble Bisclavre. Bisclavre. It's such a tongue twister. Uh, wins the trust of the king and takes a werewolf's revenge, which I love that. I would like to name a cocktail. Werewolf's revenge. Oh my god. I should come up with some sort of beverage and serve it around Halloween time. Call it Werewolf's Revenge. It's got espresso in it. Ooh, whoa. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. You can only (laughs) serve it on the full moon. So, takes a werewolf's revenge on his wife by biting off her nose. Okay. And is at last restored to human form. Yes. (laughs) Biting off the nose. I mean, it's not great. 
That is a werewolf's revenge. So in our cocktail, we should have like a fake, like a plastic nose or something. Oh, my God. And just like drop it in. Or we could like freeze like some kind of, or like maybe that's where the espresso comes from. We freeze espresso in a nose mold. Oh. And then in front of our patrons, we like pop into the glass. And we're like, here's your werewolf's revenge. I think it's like an espresso cocktail and it's got a big, one of those big, like, orb ice cubes, like the big circle. Cool. Because it's kind of the moon. Whoa. Yeah. And then like a nose garnish. Cool. (laughs) Or we could also call it the bisclavre. Ooh. Le bisclavre. I am a beast. I am clavre. I am le beast. Clavre. Okay, so love it. This is a is a brief introduction. This is <laughs> fantastic. Sixteen hundred words, <laughs> <laughs> but it is a brief introduction to the mythical creatures Ooh. of Harry Potter. I love it. Yeah, did you? That was nice. I learned a that? lot. <laughs> I did. Did you like that? I did. Did everybody have a good time? <laughs> What was your favorite creature that you learned about? Uh, probably uh, the one that sticks out the most is the goddamn squid. <laughs> really? And I'm so mad the about it. The first one. <laughs> oh, because it just makes you the most uncomfortable. Yeah, but I really, really enjoy the the hippogriff. I think also mm. I like the ones that bother me the most. Mm. I think I really like the idea of the giant spider, like. Oh. Not only spinning webs, but spinning oh. illusions, like yeah. using the metaphor of spinning webs, like lies. Like, mm-hmm. I think that's very smart, and I think that's really cool, and I love that it's yeah, a shapeshifter, like and I love that yeah. it just, like, takes the actual attributes of a spider, like, it's trickery, and it's able to capture things, and applies it to, like, how would you capture a human? Um, although I think, like, in a sticky net would probably just it would just about do it with a human as well yeah (laughs) as with a fly um but i think that's really cool and i also love the phoenix the origin of the phoenix being Mm -hmm. egyptian and being like that's the soul of the sun god Ra. Ra. i literally so thrilled about Ra. one day i'll do like a whole thing about raw That'd Maybe be that'll cool. be cool. Maybe that'll be a cool be story to tell cool. around the campfire. This was a very educational thing to say around the campfire. <laughs> centaur. There are centaur women. Totally. Deal with it. Yeah, they exist in... They exist. I, n- they exist in, like, uh, mosaics I, and, like, paintings and frescoes and shit from, like, a thousand Literally years never occurred to me. Mm-hmm. Well, and where, I do, love it. where are all these... They're not just like a bunch of male centaurs yeah. having babies. Like that's why I was confused. Come from somewhere. Although God bless the centaur woman that gives birth to another centaur. Wait, well they Ugh. have like horse-sized nethers. Ugh. Great. I think I'll leave it at that. Um, yeah. Pulling <laughs> on that. Note. If you like what you hear, go ahead and give us a review. Five stars. And a subscription. That would be so wonderful and so helpful. We really appreciate mm-hmm. it. Because it takes a lot of work to put all this stuff together. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. Um, we just could really appreciate your support. If you would like to go above and beyond and support us even further, you can find us on Patreon. Yeah. And become a become a patron. And you can become a junior counselor or a full counselor. And we would and be so... the world so... will know your story. Mm-hmm. Oh, God. Yeah. 
That's great. Great stories. Uh-huh. Um, if you have a scary story of your own, you can email it to us at letterstocamp at gmail.com. Or if you have a topic that you think might be fun or that you're interested in hearing more about, let us know. We're always yeah. looking to learn. Or at least I am, and I like to force Morgan to learn. Um, That's the only way I'll learn. <laughs> I mean... By force. You it are works. in a corporate environment right now, and I'm not seeing a lot of people challenging your mythological knowledge. <laughs> Unfortunately. So, like, I didn't want to bring it up, but, like, I've noticed it for the past, oh, yeah. like... Yeah, I know. Ever since you majored in math, it sort I of know. occurred to me, like, so who... <laughs> so who's going to be left in your life yeah. to teach you about raw? <laughs> who's going to be left in your life to teach you about... Who? Suchigumo. <laughs> Suchigumo. <laughs> Suchigumo. Uh, so that, yeah. So, oh, so yeah. we had to do something about that. All right. I think that's all that I have for you guys. Um... I think I've given you all that you can do for us. You can find us on Instagram. You can join mm-hmm. our Facebook group, Camp uh, Roanoke Mess Hall. It's really Mess fun. Hall. Yeah, it's great. And um, and I think that's all I've got for you. All that you have left, my darling campers, is to have a spooky night. Filled with the rest of the streams. Of haunted things. I've talked myself literally into a sore throat. <laughs> oh, no! <laughs> it's okay. It's okay. It's all part of the gig. Now you guys know about Tsujigumo.